Dan, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. First things first, how's your Easter weekend been going? It's been lovely. Um, took the kids out for an Easter egg hunt on yesterday. Saw, saw the parents. Um, it was all kind of like in a garden, kind of socially distanced, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been nice, quite relaxing. It's, uh, it's fun, isn't it, that you always have to kind of preempt and add that part about well you know i saw my parents i saw my family and so on, but it was socially distanced and everyone was uh wearing masks and so on yeah a little disclaimer at the bottom i wasn't breaking the law <laughs> talking of which then man the last uh 12 months or so longer than 12 months now how have you been how have you been holding up both personally and of course professionally uh personally pretty good uh because i've got a good family around me um professionally it's been tough because i i my day job, I run a, a recording studio. Um, and so that's we've got any help from the arts council or anything like that. So that's been a bit of a bummer. Um, you kind of, uh, sorry, don't mean to stop. You kind of broke up a little bit there. Did you say you got no help from the arts council? No help at all. Yeah, I was uh, really quite, um, I'm not bitter about it, <laughs> but uh, it's just one of those things, you know. Um, but yeah, we're, we're coping just about. And I mean, the, the reason for doing the this uh, record label is kind of a way for uh, myself and my colleague, Tim, who also works at the studio. It's a way for us to kind of keep our minds occupied and focus on something positive, you know. OK, OK. So what did it did it all effectively just dry up when it all kind of in the early days when things kicked off the original lockdown and stuff like that? Yeah, we, we were forced to just close the doors. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really tough. We went from like being our busiest period ever, ever to nothing for six months. Mm. Um, and then we reopened when the lockdown kind of eased. And then we had to close again when the second lockdown came in. Um, and we reopened again around February because we had a kind of legal advice from our local authority saying that uh, we're allowed to open for uh, any kind of musicians who are uh, seeking to make um, money from what they do, which is everyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, no kidding. It's one of those. It's one of those weird things where some studios are kind of taking the advice that the way they're um, thinking about it is they can only open when they've got professional musicians coming in. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm taking it at face value. And, um, you know, because if, if I don't open, I can't put food on my kids' plates, you know, so. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, do you feel like in, you know, your position, studio-based and all that, is kind of the forgotten part of the industry at the moment? You know, you hear talks of uh, festivals and live venues and um, engineers and stuff like that. You don't often hear studios. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you're talking about grassroots music, mm. this, this is where it starts because obviously we've, we've got a number of rehearsal rooms as well. So, you know, the bands come here to, you know, write their songs, uh, rehearse their songs. Um, so we are really the, the grassroots. So if, if it wasn't for us, then, you know, then the whole kind of live music industry kind of grinds to a halt. Um, uh, I'm a sole trader as well, and sole traders have been kind of missed out of all the kind of funding and all the self-employed benefits and stuff like that. So I've literally fallen through every crack you can imagine. Um, <laughs> so it's it's got to the point where I'm, I, it's almost quite funny. You know, it's 
Yeah, you almost to. have to laugh, right? Like you have to. You have to. Is there any way that uh, those that are listening and watching to this can help? If the uh, do you have like a Patreon, a contribution thing, a way to help? The thing is, I'm I'm not a big fan of um, asking for handouts. So I, I I find it. I don't know. Maybe it's my pride. I don't know. But we, we've done we've done a couple of things where we've we've asked people to kind of um, contribute towards. Uh, upgrading some of the gear we've got in the studio um, but if anything I, I want to kind of work my way out of it I want to you know I don't want to just ask for money I want to give people something to buy you know which is one of the reasons why we've done this label because we want to actually create something that's good value for money mm. uh, and also keeps us in work you know so um, the label's kind of it's it's a nice kind of sidestep because it ties in because obviously we have the studio I have engineers at the studio who, you know, need to uh, to have work. We have plenty of bands that we're friends with who aren't doing anything. So this is a nice way of kind of like involving everybody. And we've got lo local artists as well. My my partner Sarah, she's a a fine artist, so she's doing the artwork for everything at the moment. So that's cool. Okay, I mean that's great. I mean all we can do is hope and wish that from now onwards, you are the busiest you could ever possibly be, particularly as there appears to be some form of light at the end of the tunnel. I presume you're excited about that, but are you cautious as well? Yeah, um, I am cautious because I I don't see much light at the moment in terms of live music um, right. because the sounds coming out of um, the local authorities and government don't seem very positive. And I'm, I'm really not keen on this whole socially distanced, wearing masks um uh, for me it i mean for, for personally because obviously i'm in i'm in a band as well we, we did play a socially distanced gig um when the first lockdown eased up mm. and as much as it was great fun to play and see see our friends again and make loud music it was so weird playing in front of a load of people sat down with masks on like having to put, pull their mask up to sip their drink and I, we're firmly of the opinion now that we're just going to wait until until it's back to normal. I mean, a proper normal. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to accept anything but how it was before. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I went to one socially distanced uh, show last year about October, the end of October, and it was a black metal band. So seeing right. and all that, and it was one of the weirdest experiences. I wouldn't say. I mean, I was happy because at that point it had been seven months since my last show so i was happy for yeah. the live music but it was uh it was weird where did you where did you play we played in a, a moles club which is in bath it's quite a, it's a cool club it's got a lot of history it's where the smiths started and uh blur and oasis played there and stuff like that um so don't get me wrong it was great and we were mm. flat to be asked to play but um it's not something that, because 90 percent of a live show is that interaction with the audience and I mean, I even had, there was a line on the stage, because I'm a singer, there's a line on the stage where my mic wasn't allowed to go past. So, or my mouth, sorry. So, so, so in, case I, in case I spat on the audience. <laughs> um, and so I had that on my mind the whole time. Rather than kind of like, you know, trying to get into the vibe of the live performance, I was just thinking, where's your mouth? Where's your mouth? Um, so you're very much... Weird. You're very much kind of watching this space then to see what happens come June, the, the possibility of the UK going back to normal and festivals and stuff occurring in August, right? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, me and my mates, and we, we've got tickets for Bloodstock. Um, 
Now, I, I've no idea if that's going to happen or not. It'd be, it'd be nice, but um, realistically, I can't see gigs coming back properly until the end of the year. Mm. Um, you know, just just by listening to the sounds coming out of government. Um, so I'm not I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm just trying to be realistic. Um, but if they carry on relaxing things, it will allow the bands to start coming into places like mine and start to kind of, you know, get their stuff in order. Um, because you, it's just for the mental health of a lot of these musicians. They haven't seen each other for months. And, um, you know, it's been interesting, uh, obviously, getting to work with bands on the label because a lot of these bands haven't been in a room together for six months. Mm -hmm. So we're asking them to record songs for us. So... A lot of them are having, having to do the recording, um, you know, separately. So like our, our band, we, we've just recorded the song. We had to get our drummer in on his own to record all the drum parts. Uh, then he went away. Then the next day the guitarist came in um, just simply because uh, our drummer's wife had a kidney transplant last year. So she, she has to be shielded. So we have to take it really seriously. Um, so... Yeah, so you don't get that kind of instant kind of reaction between the bands. It's all a little bit staged, you know. Mm. So it's it's interesting. It is interesting. It is. It's fascinating for me. Um, you know, my position and work, what I do in life, it's uh, I'm very dis disconnected from it all. So to hear it from your perspective really does um, really does wow me almost to a degree. Uh, uh, you're the first person I've spoken to in this position who's. Wow. Um, who isn't just in a band, but also does so much of the back stuff, back, back, backstage stuff, so to speak. Yeah. But um, it's not a side that you often hear about, as we already said, the forgotten, the slipping through the cracks person, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of times the history, Pell Wizard Records. When and why did you start this label? Well, initially I started Pale Wizard, uh, I think it was 20, 2017, mm. because uh, the engineer at my studio, a, a chap called Josh, he just started um, a new band called Foxjaw, and and I saw a lot of potential in them, and um, so I I just thought it'd be nice to help out with their first single uh, because you know obviously they really wanted to release something on vinyl, and you know they were young, they just didn't didn't have the money in their account, so I thought you know I'll help you out, I'll put, I'll pull it out just as a bit of a laugh. It wasn't I what didn't have any kind of grand vision of the label. Okay. Um, so I came up with the name Pale Wizard just because it's a play on the fact that I'm, I'm a ginger with very freckly skin. So uh, it was a bit of a, uh, a, a knock at myself. Um, and that went really, really well. And obviously, Foxjaw, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they've gone on to be quite successful now. They've got a big record deal. And, um, so that was nice. And so I kind of shelved the label after that. I'd kind of done what I needed to do and, you know, moving on. Um, and then when the lockdown hit last year, mm. Um, there was a few things that I knew that I could do with my time if I wasn't uh, running the studio I could kind of keep myself busy and obviously I'm in, I'm in a band called Sergeant Thunderhoo and I've been managing all the kind of business stuff for the band in the background I've been sorting out all our merch and our recordings and our CDs and vinyl and all that kind of stuff um, so I thought well if I'm doing that already I might as well kind of do it for not just us but other people um, so I was just trying to think of interesting things that we could release. I didn't want to just be another label releasing, you know, because obviously we're in the kind of stoner rock kind of genre. 
I didn't I didn't want to just because there's a lot of those labels about I didn't want to be just another label releasing stone and rock albums I wanted to be uh, something that was I don't know a little bit more uh, curated um so I had this idea of a number of releases where we kind of pay homage to kind of unexpected artists and that the first proper thing we did uh was uh, a split single with a chap called Tony Reed who's in a band called Moss Generator out in the States um because we, we found out that we both had a mutual love for Kate Bush. So <clears throat> we both recorded a Kate Bush song and released it as a, a split 12 inch. And that went, it went really well. And I think it was, uh, people liked it because it was like, you know, two kind of stoner psychedelic bands covering a pop artist. It was, it was quite interesting. It's very unique. Yes. So that went really well. So we've kind of expanded on that. That's going to be the first in the series. So we've got a number of ideas to kind of, you know, uh, bring other bands uh, into the fold. And, and you know, we, we want to do, you know, 10, 20, 30 different mm. uh, versions of this, um, using different bands as well. So we're not limited to our genre. You mentioned black metal. I, I, I'd love to get some black metal bands covering something, you know, uh, imagine a bunch of black metal bands covering Duran Duran, you know what I mean? Or yeah, yeah. It's just something really left field, you know. Um, and then I had this idea that um, I'm a big fan of Alice Cooper. Of course. Uh, especially the original band. And I was just listening to Alice Cooper, as I do, and I realised that the album Killer, which is my favourite, was turning 50 years old uh, this year. Mm. Uh, which I thought was incredible, considering they're still going and still releasing albums and still touring. So I thought it'd be, uh, I just messaged a couple of bands that I know saying, look, is anyone a fan of Alice Cooper? Because I am. Yeah. Would you, you know, do you fancy doing something? And it, it's it's turned into this, this 50 years later release that we're doing, where we've got eight bands to completely cover the album from start to finish. Um, so again, so that, so, uh, with my colleague Tim, who I've kind of brought into the label as well, uh, it's it's become a bit of a, um, a passion for us. So we can kind of we already have to start thinking about 2022 and 2023, and because um, there are different factors involved. I, mean, I don't know if you know much about the, the record pressing industry at the moment, but it's gone ridiculous. So all the plants are kind of they're so full of work that the, yeah. the, the lead times for making vinyl is it's about 20 to 25 weeks. Ooh. So, so if we want to get this killer album out in November this year, which will be 50 years to the date of the original, um, we have to get it sent off to print in the next few weeks, really. Right. It's obviously, yeah, the date is super, super duper important for this release. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not, too familiar with that aspect, the, the pressing part, but I have experienced my fair share of delays in regards to vinyl being delivered. So it's clear there yeah. were problems going on. Yeah. I mean, that's a fascinating reason to kind of start and how you've got to where you are now. What what are some of the artists you, you have on the roster at Pell Wizard? Yeah, so I mean, because because we're, um, we're doing it by release. So what, yeah. what we're not doing, we don't want to tie any artists up in, in deals. Because mm -hmm. a lot of these artists already have their own stuff going on or they're DIY or they're affiliated to other labels. So the, the beauty of what we're doing is we're saying, look, we're not trying to sign you. We just want you to be involved in this release. Right. And we'll, we'll compensate you financially, whatever you want for this release. And it's not going to inhibit anything else you're doing. Um, 
So, so we've, you know, because we've become chummy with Tony Weed from Moss Generator, uh, they've uh, supplied a track for this. Um, there's a, a lot of the bands are bands that we've just played with over the years. So we got uh, 1968, mm. um, who are, they're fantastic live. Um, a band called Ritual King. Yeah. Um, the Grand Mal, who we're really good friends with, because that, that's kind of, I think it's uh, uh, a half of the band Desert Storm, who we've played with loads as well. Uh, Green Lung, who are doing amazingly well at the moment. Um, so yeah, it, it ju just so happened that 90% of the bands I contacted all said yes. Yeah. Um, so it was, <laughs> uh, I suppose the, the issue being that most of the bands came back saying, well, yes, we want to do it, but we don't know how we're going to do it because we can't get into a studio. Um, so we've had to kind of work around things with some bands. Some of the bands were, we're saying, look, if you get it recorded, we'll get it mixed to our studio for you and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so those are the bands involved. Who else have I missed? I've, I've missed out a few. Um, it's, uh, oh yeah, so we've got, um, uh, yeah, 1968, Moss Generator, Sergeant Thunderhoof, uh, the band I'm in. Yep. Uh, Green Lung, Grand Mal, uh, uh, Sir Admiral Clowsley Shovel, who are fantastic. They're like proper vintage rock. Um, and one more, isn't it? One more. Yeah, um, I can't remember their entire name. It's Bad Chubby Thunder. Oh, oh no. No, I, I, I did think about them. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. So we, we uh, Chubby Thunderous, yeah? Is that what yes. you're thinking of? Yes. Yeah, I was going to contact them, um, but I've actually got them in mind for a few. I, you know, they don't know this yet, but I've got the, that band in mind for a future release we're doing. Whether they want to do it or not, I don't know. Uh, Trippy Wicked uh, oh, and the Children of the Cosmic Night. That's it. Of course it is. I was looking at your Kickstarter a little earlier on. That's where that one's getting confused. You're right. Awesome. I mean, the lineup, the the, the bands you've got are of the British scene as well. Like, that's an incredible, incredible load of names. Yeah, it's, it really is like a who's who of the, mm. of the British scene. And obviously we've got Moss Generator who are like the outlier. Yeah. But then again, they, they've done a lot in the UK. We, we've played with them in the UK. Um, we, I think we played with them when they were touring with uh, Elder. Um, and they, they were just incredible. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it is a real mix, real mix of bands. So going um, forward, as we get towards the November date uh, of the, hope, the, the release, is it, are you going to kind of, are you going to be releasing individual songs? Because I've already heard Green Lung's version of Under My Wheels, which is awesome and not at all uh, what I would expect from Green Lung. <laughs> um, I'd imagine that was a lot of fun when you first heard that, yeah? Loved it. Yeah, the, he, he sent me, a, uh, uh, I think it was a singer sent me a message the day before they were in the studio saying, we're, we're going all out for this. We, we, we've got tambourines and everything. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so yeah, that that was great when I heard that one. Uh, so some of the, some of the songs are a real left field as well. Yeah. Um, Ritual King have done a really crazy version of the song Desperado. Um, so yeah, we will. We I think we will release songs kind of sporadically up until the release date. Um, the cool thing is we've also got a bunch of bands who want to do bonus tracks for the the CD and digital as well. Hmm. So we've got Aluna um, have been confirmed. Um, Possessor. Oh, wow. who are like kind of they're great thrash metal kind of uh and sons of thunder who again are an amazing band from from wales that we've played with in the past uh, and one more which i can't reveal yet but um no, that's, yeah yeah of course yeah there's gotta be uh some some secrets gotta be put out there <laughs>
Did you then basically, did you kind of give just a complete freedom to the bands to do these songs as you, as they so, 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 so fit? Yeah, the, the only restrictions we gave them. Yeah. Um, you can't change the lyrics. Um, that's a legal thing because, because obviously we have to get it licensed, the yep. release. We have, to, we have to pay a license to the original publishers and songwriters. So part of that agreement is you can't change the lyrics. Um, but in terms of the music, they could do what they want as long as it didn't deviate too much in length, uh, purely because um, we need to fit it on a, a standard 12-inch vinyl. Right. Um, one of the kind of things that I, I found really annoying recently, a lot of vinyl releases I've been buying just as a consumer, is they're trying to fit too much music on one side of vinyl. Mm. I think um, my colleague Tim just bought, um, I think it was the debut album from Bowl Beats, um, came out on 12 inch and I think side one is about 28 minutes which, which is way too much and I'm not, it sounds like shit really you know I don't want to have a go at Volby but it, it should have been on a double vinyl right you know, so, so to make it sound great you, you, you shouldn't really be putting more than about 21 minutes on a side of vinyl for it to but especially for heavy rock music mm. you can get away with it for like country pop that kind of stuff but you, you you lose all the bass frequencies once you start cramming too much uh, stuff in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't apologize for having a gold ball beat. They're doing fine. <laughs> They're doing yeah. fine, you know. <laughs> so of course you have a Kickstarter, which runs until the eleventh of May. And amazingly, if you don't already know, as a time recording, particularly, you've reached and surpassed your goal. How does that feel? Awesome. Yeah, we're really pleased. Um, yeah, I mean it. The, the, the purpose of the Kickstarter wasn't really to raise money. It was more just to raise awareness of, okay. of the project. Um, uh, but obviously having the money is going to be a, a blessing because it's going to help us manufacture everything. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's great to see that. Uh, it's nice that because we've actually kind of, a lot of the old Alice Cooper crowd have kind of got involved as well. So I thought some of them might be quite sniffy about it. And like, how dare you, you know, cover such a classic album. Um, but obviously, I, th I think they can see that, you know, we're doing it out of love and, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of nods to the original in terms of the music and the artwork. And, you know, we're, we're really trying to kind of make it, you know, it's, we're not just kind of guys who are kind of casual fans of Alice Cooper. We really love Alice Cooper. Yeah. And that's what we want to do with all. So, so when we did the Kate Bush thing, we love, we love Kate Bush, you know, um, and obviously, so we, we want it to, you know, to make it very clear that uh, what we're doing is it's a passion thing, really. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from as well. But the other positive is that this is an album that by the end of the year will be 50 years old. There are generations mm. that will have grown up never knowing who Alice Cooper is, because let's be honest, everybody knows who Alice Cooper is, but may never have heard this album. So yeah. your variation on it and your takes on it encourages one person to go, oh, I want to hear what the original sounded like. It's not yeah. bad thing. Definitely. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think there's the word Alice Cooper to a lot of people kind of, they just have, you know, visions of schools out and poison and stuff yeah. like that. And Wayne's world. But if you go back to that original, that original group, especially on killer, they were just ferocious. Mm. Um, you know, th there wasn't anyone really doing any, anything like that. And they weren't heavy metal. They weren't, you know, they were a rock band. Um, yeah. But but they went on to influence, you know, they went, they influenced heavy metal. They influenced stoner rock. They influenced punk. You know, 
garage rock. Um, but yeah, that album in particular for me is just, it's flawless from start to finish. Absolutely. And will it be kind of Kickstarters? Are you thinking Kickstarters going forward for every release in the 50 years later series going forward? Uh, and I mean, I asked that based on the fact that the response to this one has been so brilliant. It's not like you've been struggling to reach your goal and you've got a day left and you're having to plug it on social media and stuff like that. Yeah, possibly. Mm. I think I think you're right, because obviously Kickstarter kind of creates a bit of a buzz itself, doesn't it? It does. So, yeah, possibly. It, it, it's hard to tell, really. I mean, we'd like to be in a position where we could release something completely by surprise, you know. So, oh. you know, that that would be great. But it's just having that kind of the, the, uh, the collateral at our disposal to because just the cost of pressing vinyl is so massive these days. Um, so yeah, I don't know, may, maybe in about 12 months time, we'll be in a position where we could literally drop something without anyone knowing that'd be really cool. That would be cool, but that comes with a ton of risk as you will no doubt know the modern world of streaming and social media, you can drop something and be forgotten in the next two minutes. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And that's something I come across with all the time at the studio because, uh, you know, we help, uh, and mentor a lot of different bands. And you have, we'll have bands come down to the studio for a couple of weeks and, you know, record a really great album. And then they'll just release it with no fanfare. And I'm like, yeah. what have you done? You know, because you, once you've released it, you can't then re-release it. Well, you could, but, you know, you've kind of, you've missed the boat. Um, because, and especially if it comes out at the time when something else comes out and it gets lost in the sea of noise, you know. Um, I mean, it, it's a sad part of the game, isn't it? But we have yeah. to play the game. You have to play the kind of the whole marketing social media thing uh, at the moment. But yeah, I think you're right. I think the Kickstarter acts as a kind of a nice way to kind of get people excited and, you know, create the buzz. Mm. Especially when you go to this Kickstarter and you look at the uh, rewards, so to speak, and the amount and how you balanced it and the offers are not only fair and more than reasonable, there are an incredible amount of variations on the vinyl and bonus stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's it, I suppose uh, me and Tim uh, from the label, we, we kind of based it on what do we like? What do yeah. we like to get involved in? And obviously uh, we're both kind of, you know, we, we buy a lot of stuff. Tim buys a lot of, um, he buys a lot of collectibles and films and he's well into his Blu-ray and 4K and stuff. So he's, you know, and he's keen on these small little independent labels that release this stuff. So he wants to get the, you know, the limited edition of this and the first pressing of this. And, uh, and I'm very much the same, although I probably don't have as much disposable income as he does. <laughs> I've got, I've got two kids, but uh, um, yeah, I, I guess that's tapping into the whole collecting mentality, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, coming back to a certain degree i mean look at cassettes cassettes yeah. are becoming very very collectible weird isn't it it is weird it is weird so i'm not going to ask you to tell me what the 50 years later plans are you know i doubt you would anyway but what else do you from every perspective i guess from your own band to the studio and to the label what plans do you kind of have in the works that you can talk about over the next year or so Okay, so in terms of the studio, um, we just want to get up and running again and be as busy as we can yep. uh, and try and get as many different acts in as possible. Um, 
So that, that's going to be an interesting thing because um, obviously we've got engineers who work here. Josh is our main engineer, Josh Gallup. Um, when the live music scene reopens again, he's going to be kind of uh, uh, trying to be an engineer and also touring with his band at yeah. the same time. So I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to be on my toes. I'm gonna have to recruit different people in to kind of fill the gaps. Um, so I don't really have any concerns with the studio. Um, the band I'm in, Sergeant Thunderhoof, we need to write and record a new album really because it's it's been it's been three years since our last one came out, and we would have liked to have got one out last year, but it just obviously wasn't possible. Um, but the trouble with our band is our songs are so they tend to be quite long and it, it takes us a long time to write because we do everything in the room together. Um, so I think maybe later this year, we'd like to have an album out if possible. The label we've got, we've probably got about three or four things on the back burner at the moment, which we're gonna start working on. We have to start working on the next 50 years later because next year will come around really quickly. So me and Tim are currently at loggerheads as to what, which album we should be doing. Oh no. <laughs> so, so 1972, uh, it's a crazy year. Uh, I would have loved to have done Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones. Mm. But the trouble is that came out really early in 1972. And I don't think we'd have the time to do it. So, because we'd have to have everything done about five months before the release date. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's pretty much the only reason we can't do that one. Uh, Tim's got a, Tim's very keen on doing a, a Uriah Heep album, Demons and Wizards. Of course. Which is a great album. But again, that came out in the first half of 72. Uh, so it would be a challenge. I'm not saying no, but it'd be a challenge. And I've got a few ideas. There's a uh, T-Rex came out with the slider. <laughs> you had, uh, Ziggy Stardust. Um, and you got Slade, uh, the album by Slade. Um, there's so many great albums. Yeah, any yeah. of them could be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just think like, I like the idea of something like Slade because they're a band who kind of, I think they're quite uh, overlooked in a lot of ways. Everyone just thinks they're, they think they're like a Christmas band. You know, that what I mean? one song in it. That's exactly it. That's all Slade are, right? <laughs> and uh, I was showing that there's a live on YouTube. There's a live performance uh, from Slade. From 1972, it was live at Granada Studios. Mm. If you get a chance, watch it. It's about 25 minutes long. My God, they just rip. At, they were loud. They were like, they were like a kind of our version of ACDC. You know, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, just fantastic band. And that yeah. album is brilliant. Yeah, it is. I remember being quite young and hearing uh, Quiet Riot cover a song called Come On yeah. For The Noise. And I love that song. I thought it was banging and all that. Then I found out, wait, what? That's a Slade cover? What, that yeah. Christmas band? And that's yeah. where my interest in Slade came from. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I like the idea of that because it's a little bit different. Mm. And, you know, I, I can imagine, I've, I've already got in my head a couple of bands uh, who I just think, oh, I'd love to hear what they could do with a Slade song, you know. Um, but uh, they're just crying out to be re-recorded some of those songs, I think. Is but, there... Yeah, Sorry, uh, I was going to ask, um, in regards to that, when it comes to bands, is it something that bands can get in contact with you if they wanted to be involved? Is that a possibility? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, we're, um, you know, we're, we're an open book, really. Mm. So if someone's got a real passion for something, as long as we think the music would suit, and, you know, we're not really, we're, we're not one of those uh, labels who care too much about, you know, social media outreach and, you know, 
your likes and all this crap, you know, because it's meaningless crap. If you're a good band, you're a good band. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And we've had a few bands uh, contact us about the, the Alice Cooper thing. Um, so, you know, we're, we are definitely open to suggestions. Um, we've got a, a few things in mind as the, the next volume of the, um, the Kate Bush thing we did. We, we called that Beyond the Pale Volume 1. Mm. We want to do another one where we pick two, three or four bands to um, pay tribute to another artist. And we've got a few artists in mind. Um, we've got another, another female artist in mind, quite a prolific one. Okay. But we'd love to hear um, how, how her songs could be kind of transposed to a bit more of a, a rock vibe. So that could be quite cool. But yeah, so we've, we've got those two things on the go. We've got a live album from Moss Generate coming out in May. We've got, um, we're re-releasing the first Sergeant Thunderhoof LP later this month. Ah, there was something else as well. Um, and, and, and also, we, need, we also need to get on to 2023 for the 50 years later. So, yeah, it's good because this is keeping our minds really, really... Yeah. And it's fun. It doesn't feel like working. It feels like fun. So, again, this, it's not a, this isn't a money-making venture for me me and my colleague it's more of a just keep ourselves sane while we go through this stupid thing that we're going through no i completely understand and it is very exciting to see so much plans and work and what you have to do for the future before we wrap up the one thing we haven't done is actually mention the what's the name of your studio oh uh stage two studios and we're in bath in somerset um been going about 12 12 years now yeah 12 years um, and yeah, so I, it, I opened this place back in 2009, mm. simply because I got, I got laid off from a job I had at the time, uh, working for some car accident company. It was just awful. And, um, uh, so that was, that was in the midst of the, uh, the big credit crunch that happened. Remember that? Of course. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun again, like c coming to work here, doesn't feel like I'm working. You know, I, I never get that kind of sinking feeling when I'm going to work, which is quite nice. Um, that's, that's the best. That's the best hope you can ever have for a job is that you don't have that feeling. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, is that is that the reason you do this? Is is this to kind of keep you sane? Yeah, um, London Underground shift work. Uh, Eighteen years of doing it now, and wow. uh, it's um, it's not the most uh, satisfying work you'll ever do in your life and this aspect is just simply by the fact that i and it's all family based so everybody involved in the website the channel all that is all my brothers and oh, wow. uh, uh, extra amount of my own my son my wife and other partners and stuff like that and it was literally well we all have these hobbies and we all happen to really love heavy metal and rock let's just write about that and then of course that's uh, takes off a little bit and next that's, thing you know, that's fantastic i yeah, that's, that's the I, I love the fact that you, you know you've got your whole family involved um, because it, it, it's just, it becomes like, um, everything you do helps everyone in the team, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, you know what I mean? So it, it's reciprocal. Yeah. If you're happy, they're happy. And if they're happy, you're happy. And, and it's that yeah. whole thing. It, it isn't work. Don't get, we don't earn. Well, I mean, we earn some money for, but any money that comes in just gets sunk back into it anyway. And that, that yeah. just comes from ads and things like that, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, the idea of going to like a, 
the idea of going to a band and saying, yeah, well, I'll review your album, but you're going to have to pay us for that is it's so foreign to us. It's insane. You know, I know wow. the thing is, I know that exists. So it's like, wow. I'll tell, I'll, t- I'll tell you an interesting story about that, but I, I won't, I won't name the publication, but you can probably guess who it is. Mm. Um, back years ago, I was, I was in like a kind of math metal band years ago, early 2000s. And um, we, we just released an EP and we sent it off to a magazine, to a publicist. And they came back and said, oh, we, we love your EP. We'd love to give it a certain score, um, but it would involve you taking out a full page ad. Uh, and if and, and if you don't uh, take out the full page ad, we'll have to give it the score minus two. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say you can, you can guess who it was, but uh, mm. I, I and at that moment, it's like you know, this is how the game is played, isn't it? This is this is what's going. On. This is why that Metallica round that you gave a score to the other week is shit, and you said it was amazing. <laughs> you know. That is some level, that's some crap. But then, I mean, that's what the, I mean, those big publications exist and they're what will get things. But the amount of um, underground, you know, I'm talking about about the other big, bigger boys as well are doing incredible work out there. And, um, you know, everybody's got an opinion. It's just a single person's opinion as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a funny old world, isn't it? Yeah. um, It's one of those things where you have to play the game to a certain extent. but you know, there's only so much ass kissing you want to do to get to get by, you know. Yeah, and considering the world we now live in, where big band being a big band doesn't exist anymore, the days of the giants that still are around the Metallicas, the Sabbaths, and all that, we're never going to see that again because of sales. Um, so uh, everybody's trying to, I guess, get a tiny slice of this pie and any help anybody can give them. I mean, look at our scene, look at the British scene. It's, it, it, I think, it's strong in all areas. But all we do is refer to it as the underground because that is what it is. It is. And also, you know, uh, publications like yourself, you can be trusted because you don't have a vested interest. Oh, yeah. So you're so you're coming at things from a, you know, from a fan's perspective. You're not coming at it from it's 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 what annoys me about the BBC, because the BBC will say, um, you know, we trust new music. It's like, well, no, you don't. What you're doing is you're playing the, the new music. That you've been sent by an agent on behalf of a label you know you, you're not like john peel where he would literally play someone's tape yeah you know, <laughs> you know that that's why napalm death got so big you know because you know he literally would play a tape from garage yeah. you're, not, you're never gonna you're never gonna see that again on the bbc i don't know where you'd see that on any kind of mainstream radio station or anything like that i don't think you would it's no it's it, but you know, we need it we need things to change yeah, I just don't know. I mean, we, we, I just, whoever can come up with a solution to how things are and how things have been going will be the savior. I just don't know how. I don't know. I th- well, I think things like YouTube, uh, are, that is the answer. I mean, yeah. because, well, you, you see the views that some YouTube personalities get now far surpass what the likes of the BBC and other kind of uh, channels are getting. Mm. Uh, because you know the consumers are going straight to them i i see young bands coming into my studio they don't even buy a lot of them don't buy music on cd or anything anymore that they'll listen to music not even on spotify on youtube Mm. yeah i mean it's sad it's really sad because it's like you're missing out on so much but um you know if that's where the target audience are they're on the internet the youtube Um, game is so difficult though and with an ever-changing algorithm and 
the share of the pie. I mean, I, I I get it, and I completely understand what you're saying. But it's such. I look at we we do when we do like single reviews, um, we do them in video format, and um, we'll look and we'll go to a band that we're thinking, okay, this band, and we'll see it's got like 150 views. And we're like, how the hell has this happened? Because obviously there's so much content out there as well. Yeah, that, I mean that's the problem, isn't it? You get lost in the mix. Um, I mean, you, I I think YouTube have got to be careful. If they don't start kind of being a little bit more um, generous with uh, the you know the exposure, because there's definitely something nefarious going on with the way that the you know videos get suggested. If they don't start solving it, then the the people themselves will find another way. They'll find, you know, they'll find another platform. Mm. You know, it's like, that's why Facebook's dying to death. Yeah. Because people are sick of the adverts. They're sick of the, the censorship. The, you know, they're, they're sick of everything that's going on. So they'll, they'll find another avenue. Um, so I think we've just got to trust that people are cleverer than that. And, you know. It's, you're not wrong. Um, you can trust people, people to be cleverer because the whole reason why anything is ever taken off, be it back in the days, Facebook and Twitter and all that, and those aspects, mm. is because someone, somewhere, came up with an idea. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm quite hopeful. I mm. think, I think that the actual music industry itself is in dire straits. Mm. Uh, I mean, if, if you, you know, I, I challenge you to name me a top forty single in the last ten years. <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> That's only me. I'd have to sit there and think long and hard about that. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you if you were a new music fan coming up and all you did was listen to the, the chart, you, you wouldn't think that black metal, death metal, all this kind of stuff even exists. No, you're, 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 no, you're absolutely right. I'm just trying to think of someone that broke that mold and. Single, I mean, all I can it, it, no, I, I can't even. Was did Metallica do anything of hardwired? Maybe, but was it top 40? I don't know. No, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible, yeah. All you can do, with, uh, you know, from a fan perspective, is try and support these um up and coming artists as best you can, be it buying an album, supporting via Kickstarter labels, going to shows when we're able to, and, absolutely. Uh, Buy a bit of merch here and there, whatever you can afford, whatever you can do, really. That's as simple as it, really. Absolutely. It's quite cool, though. It's quite cool because it does mean we are really an underground thing. Mm. That's quite, it's quite a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you know how it gets. Like, I, I remember when I first got into Devin Townsend uh, back in the mid to late 90s, and he, he played a couple of shows in England and they were like half full, and it felt like, oh, this is my guy. No one else knows about him. Right. And then obviously Devin Townsend got really, really successful. And now I can only see him in massive venues. Yeah. It kind of feels like, ah, I liked it when I was watching you in a little club in London, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But then on the flip side, you've got that pride as well of you have managed to do this and you have risen from that venue to this, you know? Of course. Yeah. The, yeah. Headline or bloodstock this year, if it goes ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I've taken a lot of cues from Devin Townsend in the because mm. I always remember the the early days of the internet. He he ran his own thing and he was him and his wife Tracy were shipping everything out from their home in Canada and they put little uh, like nice notes with the CDs like dear Dan thanks so much for buying blah blah and they'd send you Christmas cards as well and I always thought that was a really nice touch because it meant you had a real kind of connection with the artist. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dan, we'll, go, we'll stop right there then. That's uh, 
all I have for you. Um, yeah, that was awesome, dude. Thanks. Cheers, dude. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?